Go on then. What are we watching? Oh, what about... Uh... In the... Uh, with Sky Stream. The new way to get Sky without a dish. Stream unmissable Sky exclusives like True Detective and Netflix shows like The Gentleman all in one place. For just €25 a month for 12 months. Search Sky Stream today. New customers only. 12-month minimum term. Requires broadband. Further terms apply. Shachtan and Indo Askeliga. Time in mon iruchti yen of chacht erachor. Agus suligam a makan sha gurfeder erachor in uik kiart len of winter fame. Skilti fis turmi. Pashe dochrecha nach vetoch ara igornamyan on kestchen ekol. Vien talam aginam griv orkar nrachtum. Find us on all the usual podcast platforms. This is an Irish independent podcast. The big issue for Kerry is after last year against Tyrone, Kerry are a team that have lacked conviction coming down the stretch. So they're a team that have not performed well as favourites. And that's a huge issue. Bernard Dawn after that became a rootless fighter. No matter who he got in the ring with, nothing changed. And that's for me, if he's telling that story to the Galway lads, that's the one I'd be telling to them. No matter who you're playing against, go and do what you can possibly do. Hello and welcome to this week's Throw-In with Dublin legend Philly McMahon. I'm Sinead Kassan and for this special All-Ireland Final Preview, we're also joined by Joe Brawley. Now, after beating Dublin in the semi-final, Kerry, our favourites going into Sunday's All-Ireland Final with Galway. And the chat has started that this could be the start of a Kerry dynasty. We wait to see what Galway have to say about that. Uh, Joe Brawley, to you first, even before the semi-final between Kerry and Dublin, the talk had started that the winners were going to be the champions-elect. Um, is it going to be as straightforward as that for Kerry on Sunday? No, I don't think so. Um, I think they're fragile. But you see, since the fall of the Dublin Empire, what we now have is a, a whole democracy of flawed teams, which which used to be the norm. You know, Tyrone come out of the blue, they win the All-Ireland. Then this year, they fall away to nothing, you know, because they're overwhelmed mentally by what they've achieved. Uh, particularly given that all those years we're watching Dublin. I mean, it used to be so easy when you were writing a preview of a Dublin match, you just said Dublin to win. Yeah, that Dublin to win, that's it. You know, and, and save for the the sort of the shock of the Jimmy McGuinness semi-final, it's Dublin sort of ironed out those problems thereafter. Uh, it, 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 you know, we became used to these very unusual standards of excellence in every possible way. And so... You know, this year also anything could have happened. I thought that um, I thought Kerry were really fortunate to beat the Dubs. Forty-five minutes, Dublin a point behind, scoring breeze in the old days with East Buckles playing and 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 Philly McMahon whispering sweet nothings in David's <laughs> ear. I hear you were a good minor footballer. I would stuff like that, you know. Ah, oh, David, you're the great minor. You know, everything's changed now. I mean, Kerry could easily have been, and I thought should have been beaten. They were, they, they, you know, a desperate bit of indiscipline by Dublin to give away the free, the miraculous free at the end. Um, things that wouldn't have happened a few years ago. And then, I mean, look at look at the other side of the draw. Galway scraped past Mayo. Roscommon, just a deluge of wides. 
you know, and then go we get Derry. And really, I mean, I know Derry stank the place out. And to be honest, I'm glad we're not in the final. Because I think it's humiliating in a final. You can get away with it in the semi-final. People say, oh, the 2011 semi-final. You could just about get away with that. But the final, you know, with the whole GA world watching. And in that semi-final with Derry, I mean, Galway didn't score for 23 minutes. Derry should have been 7 or 8 nil up. They just were overawed by the occasion, I believe, instead of playing precisely and, 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 and with control the way they'd done the championship to date. The atmosphere just overawed them. And in the end, a few tactical adjustments, they still probably would have won the game. Instead, they left Damian Comer free one-on-one. It's like the dubs would never have done. And Kerry are not going to do. And again, you're there with two teams. I think the big issue for Kerry is after last year against Tyrone, when David Clifford did his best, but in the end, Tyrone just had too much conviction and ferocity for them. Kerry are a team that have lacked conviction coming down the stretch. We saw that against these boys when they were two or three up with four or five to go. And in the end, Dean missed the 14-yard free. Do you remember from it was a sideline ball? Obviously, it was very, very difficult. But they could have lost on that day. The second day, they were put out. I mean, they were just swept aside. So they're a team that have not performed well as favourites. And that's a huge issue. You know, we've got used to Philly's team just lightly carrying that mantle. But that's very, very abnormal. So I think that Kerry will try to blow them out of it early on. And if it's tight after 50 minutes, I think there's going to be a huge amount of anxiety in the Kerry ranks. And again, so much of it depends on Clifford. Yeah. Do you think uh, Kerry are fragile, Philly? It doesn't really matter what I think, but what the evidence shows is that the last two years, um, they have been fragile. And the question I would have over that, the, that side of things is, what have they done differently so they will be fragile and they'll have psychological scarring based off um, their defensive displays. And I think they've tightened up on that this year. Um, they, they will play a team that's very similar to Tyrone. However, I think the difference this year could be possibly, first of all, the monkeys off their back beating the dubs and also then that they have a new management team. So what way they set it up and the way I would feel, because I'm not in the change room of the Kerry setup, but the way I would feel Jack O'Connor is and how he presents himself might weed out a little bit of fragility in the group. So, uh, But I still do think it's up to Galway to expose that of them. There's no point saying that this team is fragile um, if you don't expose that. So um, as Joe has said, if you can take them to a point of chaos for a period of the game, and main, and we've spoke about a lot this year about when there's a, a favourite playing an underdog, that containment is a huge part of um, breeding confidence and making sure that you're in it when it's in the melting pot and that you can actually expose this fr- fragility in the, in the group. So um, for me, I'm just not sure Galway will get to that stage. I'm not sure if they've been exposed to a certain level um, of teams that is 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 a good sparring partner for Kerry, you know Derry Armagh, very different in terms of the energy that 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 Kerry will bring. Kerry will bring a more an expansive type football, fast transition. They'll try things. They don't. They won't kind of unless it gets to that latter stage of the game. They won't fall into themselves as much as a Derry and probably an Armagh would. And for me. Um, 
the key thing for me is if if Derry were playing, sorry, if 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 they were playing Kerry in a semi final, a quarter final, um, well then a lot of that would be about who who exposes who. But it's a final also. So from Galway's point of view, I'm sure Joyce is saying, just go for it. Contain it. Obviously, defensively, let's keep it tight. But offensively, do what the dubs didn't do. Get the ball in quick to Coma. Get the ball quick into Walsh. And let's get scores around the pitch from Conroy, from Tierney, from Heaney. Um, that's, but, but I do think, as I said against uh, Dublin v Kerry, Galway need goals. And that gives them that energy breathing space. And if they don't have that, they're going to have to work twice as hard to get their scores. Keep keep carry to one goal or less. They'll only score average 12, 13 points and then open them up with goals. That's going to be the, the key thing for, for Galway. Get a quick start also. Yeah, of course, that, that quick start is going to be imperative. I suppose there's that phrase, Joe, you know, you try and break a team mentally and then break them physically. You know, obviously an early goal is the kind of the ideal way of putting the frighteners into Kerry, but you know, how do Galway go about that to try and make Kerry doubt themselves from the off here? Yeah, the point that McEntee was making was that his feeling, right, and this is a great thing now, you know, you have all these imponderables and you really don't know how this jigsaw fit together when the ball's thrown in. But his feeling is that Jack O'Connor being Jack, and we saw this from the, the all Ireland finals against Tyrone, is, will be interested in a statement victory. You know, let's go for them. Let's, you know, let's open up and be more open than we have been and go for them and try and put them out of business. So I'm thinking of Tyrone in 2008, whenever, at that point in time, well, 2005, you know, go for them, you know, and then put the two big men in, go for them. And Tyrone, very methodical, defensively, very mean, hyper-organized, just methodically and with purpose playing their way through it. So his feeling was the Jack will want to play play that way. Tally will be very resistant to that. Paddy's like Paddy's style of play is exactly the same as Derry's, extremely negative and extremely attritional. Galway, I believe, will set up very attritionally. They will play the way they did against Derry. They they they'll be able to play a wee bit more expansively because Kerry won't Kerry won't rack up the way Derry did, and Kerry will move the ball long to test the Galway keeper who. Really, like in the air, it's just absolute pandemonium. So I think that, that that might well be what happens. Galway will play defensively and cautiously to begin with, and Kerry will try to blow them out of it. And if that is so, I think it's a big gamble in a way because great if it works. And the other thing I wanted to ask Philly about David Clifford was this. I was looking back all over his career and... You know, I've been saying I think he could possibly be the greatest footballer to play the game because of all, everything that he has, you know, that sort of patchwork of the bomber, Morris Fitzgerald, Cooper, uh, you know, was, he's got that close-in understanding of a great basketballer in the NBA, like inches matter and he can, you know, knock you off with his hand, shoot left, shoot right, all those things, and he's quick, he's like a big horse. But I did think, I can't ever remember him in a big game, not yet, and I appreciate he's very young and this could all be ahead of him. I can't remember him in a big game in the last 10 minutes being the difference. It's a big test for him as well. I can't remember that. I can remember him scoring very freely in the early stages of games, running riot, but in the, in the, in the dying phases of games when it really came to the crunch, we've still yet to see him. Yeah, the, Kerry, Kerry's biggest threat um, is something that we don't really see in that it's, we'll talk about certain individuals 
Kerry's biggest threat for me is when these individuals will flow between the different defenders. Right? So Shea going in with the long ball where McCarthy is not meant to be on him, cuts inside him and gets the goal. It's when Clifford tucks inside Lee Gannon, cuts across James McCarthy and then cuts inside McFitz. It's when they're not, it's when they're flown in between players that I think is the real strength in the, and they probably don't set out that way, right? So why am I saying that? It's because Clifford is one of those players who realises that he doesn't have to be involved all the time on the ball. He can create space. You'll see him jog sometimes just sit, standing on the 45 metre line with his hands on his hips and the ball is going down the pitch. And he's just like, I'm just keeping an extra defender away from that space. And they might talk about that, uh, that selfless movement. And, and I do think that creates these pockets that all the good teams understand. The other teams will probably go, why is he not moving for that? Why is he not involved in that play? Why is he being lazy there? So for me, I think that's the difference. Um, you'll hear so much about Martin Clifford and then O'Shea pops up and gets these scores. You'll hear so much about O'Shea now and Gini might pop up and have four or five scores. A party might pop up or, you know, Steve, uh, you know, there's so many array of fellas that can bring different styles to their offensive play. That's why they're so dangerous. But guaranteed on the day, you're going to have two of them scoring, you know, one, two, Three, three points, four points. And that's the that's the difficulty with, you know, with, with this game. Galway, I don't think, have the defence to go man on man. So what they'll obviously try to do is they'll try to get men behind the ball. But the worrying thing for me is that I've seen Derry expose Galway with men behind the ball. Um, and you're kind of going, will Kerry have a bit more of a threat offensively than Derry do. And we're so limited up front. Yeah, but if you look if you look at extremely limited up front. Yeah. If you if you look at like um Galway only like having two scores from play the last day, you know, um that 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 worries me also. Like, you know, um Comer's second goal that gives that breathing space. That's never gonna happen against Kerry. The weird thing for me is that the only team who ever really learned and worked on beating the blanket defence was you guys. You know, all those cutbacks and movement. I mean, a blanket defence against you guys, you could see yourself going, well, here we go. But to everyone else, you know, psychologically, on top of everything else, you know, it's it's a very, very difficult thing to break down. Yeah, then, yeah. Then, but the, but, but I, I'm sure that Keane O'Neill and, and Joyce would be saying, if we lose this game in the first 15 minutes, We'll have so many regrets oh, if we yeah. just go after this in the first 15 minutes. We'll have, so let's just keep a tie and just let's transition fast, preferably by kick. See, can we uh, expose Morley in terms of being the sweeper by getting the ball in high on top of Comer and getting one of those flick goals or getting like the one ball they kicked in um, to Comer on top of the day? He turns like, like, like like a carry forward, just turns and slots it over the bar. That was the only ball that kicked into him on top of the day. Until the first goal, that was again just yeah. a ball kicked in. On top exactly, of. yeah. Everything else then was around the periphery and they were just basically of the peripheral of the, the dairy defence and then they were just hitting shots from, from distance. They will get chances to attack that carry defence. 
that's the whole thing. They, as you said, that Tally is being brought in for a reason, and he will probably argue if if you te- if that is the case that Jack O'Connor is saying we're going all out on attack here. What the fuck? I think they'll well, double team Comer. Like I think yeah. But, but I do think they'll they'll look to they'll 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 play like they played against Dublin. I don't think there's any going to be. I, don't, I honestly don't think there's going to be any different in terms of their approach. That's mm. what about kind of experience? Uh, how significant, how relevant is that going to be? So, like, we've got David Moore and Paul Murphy, Stephen O'Brien, Paul Ganey, won an All Ireland, obviously, in 2014. They played in the final in 2019. No All Ireland final experience for this Galway team. We obviously won't know until after how significant will that be. But what do you imagine? Like, how important will that lack of All Ireland final experience be for Galway? There's, there's some sort of. There's something modest about Galway teams. There's there's something humble about them. You know, I was down in Galway this week, and uh, like in Galway City, and I must have had two hundred conversations a day. People stopping vans. Is that all? People stopping vans and getting out and coming over, and <laughs> and uh, and uh, and I think that you know Kerry's last experiences in big games in Croke Park have not been good. You know. Um, the, the the Dublin experience, okay, you can write that off and say, well, look, that's, that's the Dubs, that's, that's a different thing, and really we're not at that level, which they're not. But the Tyrone thing is more difficult to write off, you know, because, uh, again, coming into that match, Philly talked about emotional scars. Coming into the Tyrone match, they had no emotional scars. They were coming in, and people said, look, they're going to do a number here. This is Dana Covered. Talk the year before. Yeah, this correct the high ball in. You know, David Clifford's going to do a number. This is his time. It's it's his destiny and all of that. But all those romantic notions they never work out. That's not how it works. I mean, the thing about that Dublin team, and I, I knew I was privileged to have some access into it. Was was how how down to earth and straightforward and logical it all was. We're playing a game of football. Even again, I come back to any young defender should read. Um, uh, Philly's piece about how to mark David Clifford because on top of the mental side you know there are some fascinating sort of talks about where you should be where you should move being underneath his right shoulder things like that a wee touch off him before he moves to make him go twice all sorts of things like that. but tip- typical of that Dublin team where everything was based on playing the game I mean I was with your old teammate Dennis Bastic and Temple Oak a few Fridays ago and we had a terrific night out saying he was so interesting but the point that he was making about why Dublin closed out games, because I was saying the the most fascinating thing about that project was in the last 10 minutes, you never felt, even when they were two, three behind, Mayo a couple of times, a few minutes to go, two, three behind, you never felt they were going to lose it. He said that's because we learned over time in the AVB games, which were ferocious, and through playing in big games, to play the game, not to be thinking so the other team are thinking, Mayo, for example, in 2017, we're there. Three minutes, we're two points up. We're going to be the All-Ireland champions. Dublin are just playing a game. Create a score, create a score carefully. Don't do anything silly. Don't foul, you know, all that sort of thing. And so that's that's the thing, that's the big challenge for Kerry, I believe. You know, do they are they going to be able to play through the pressure if and when it comes on them? Because I, I think that Galway are in a terrific position as underdogs. It's like it is yeah. a brilliant position to be in, in the normal run of things, in the post-Dublin era, being the underdogs, great. Tyrone showed that last year. Mayo were the heavy favourites after beating Dublin. Everybody said, well, look, there it is. Mayo's destiny. You know, it doesn't work out that way. 
sport is not romantic at the highest level. It's boys like him and, you know, boys saying, right, we've won the All-Ireland, okay, we're back training now, we're doing our own training now next week because I want to win another All-Ireland. That's what it is. And so they're, they're, I, th- I think there's a massive test on for Kerry because Galway are very flawed. Walsh is a, is, is, is a very individualistic player. He's not harnessed into the team. He's easily distracted. Somebody like Philly would completely put him out of business. I mean, Porik O'Hora put him out of business last year. And, and to the extent that this year in Connacht, Porik Joyce picked Walsh at left half back to avoid him. Now, as it turned out, James Warren hadn't the sense to pick O'Hora again. So, you know, Walsh, but Walsh was picked at wing half back. Now, Conor Gallagher's not going to be picked at wing half back, you know, or Paul Mannion. So, You've got that problem. You've got the Comer problem, which I think Kerry will solve. They'd play a sweeper closer in. Alan the Dubs would have done that. Big Kane would have dropped in, or whoever happened to be there, Philly, whoever's rotating. You know, and that largely stifles that threat because I think Damien's an unsophisticated forward. Brilliant, sure, if he gets the ball one-on-one against you, you're not going to stop him because he's a bull and he can go either side. But that doesn't really happen in senior football. It was a bit odd to see it against Terry. It looked awful amateurish. Did you not think, Philly? I learned the lesson with Comer. I marked him in the league in one, one of the years and um, I realised what he wanted. I realised that anytime he got on the ball, he wanted me to engage so that he could use his power and strength to get by me. And then I marked him in the league, marked him in Crow Park then and um, the first game was down in, in Galway. Then I marked him in Crow Park and that was the one, that, I marked him really well that day from my standards that I would set out for myself. One ball came in. Stephen Cluxon came about 15 yards off his line and Comer fisted it in the net. But that day was the day I realised how to mark Damien Comer because he got that goal in fairness, got the flick on. He, he took a cross, he tried to kill a ball that couldn't cross the pitch and he went over the bar. It was a fluke score. Um, but I realised that this guy, anytime he's on the ball, just stand off. Are you sure you really want to give this information to Kerry? Well, so, I'm hoping you balance this I know, I know this how up. affectionate, I, I know the well, very great affection you have for Kerry. Yeah. But is this something you that you want to do? don't care, Joe, you know? You did your column on David Clifford now for the likes of uh, Sean Kelly to read. So you better do one now for Comer. For, That's if they win. <laughs> for for Jason Foley, whoever's on it. But listen, do you know what I I agree with you totally because you stand off him. You know, as you, as you were wont to do, then all of a sudden he has to look towards teammates and making making a more sophisticated decision. Joe, everybody, when you peel it all back, everybody has habits, and his subconscious habit is: when I get on the ball for years, I've got my head down. I'm going to use my power and I'm going to run by this fella. When you change that habit, he's kind of his head is gone. I don't normally do this. I don't normally stop. So if I stop and I have to think more. And I have to change the conscious behavior. I'll have to feed it back or I'll have to do something that I'm not ordinarily doing. So I think that's important. But I, I want to make a point about the pressure of Galway not having experience of all Ireland winners. They do have somebody down there that has, has, has been involved with a team that has won five all Irelands and Bernard Dunn. Right? So if you were going to have somebody in your management team that could expose... Um, any as we spoke about frailties of your mindset and your confidence going into a final he's the man to do it because he's been around the camp that has smashed that barrier down so many times so I think that's something we must mention because um, 
you can neglect that side of things if you're the, the, the carry team and have a couple of players that have all earns. Whereas Galway are probably focusing on that, which is bringing it to the room and the, the, the communication of the group and probably, you know, drawing the line on the stand, stand saying, forget about all Ireland wins or winning all Ireland. This is a game of football right now. Also, I think, Philly, that um, I, I like their captain very much, Kelly. I think that he exudes something that David Hickey always talked about, honour integrity on the field, you know, on honour as a group, which was a huge thing with your group, obviously. And I I was taken that day against Armagh because Armagh scored three freak goals against them. I mean, total freaks. Even any, any one of those in the game, you would say, geez, we were so unlucky. And obviously, they pumped the ball in high, but still nonetheless to get three goals out of them. But when it came to it, when it came to it, the way they took their penalties, I mean, it was Germanic and there was a sense of calm and composure there. And, and, uh, you know, I just wonder, I, I still think that if Kerry start to stumble, stumble and show symptoms of anxiety, which is very possible. I mean, Paul Ginney has not been functioning at all and looks nervy. He looked very... Well, he was good against me, or Joel. You don't want me to respond to that, seriously. He was, was good against me. I mean... I, I would say... Was, sorry. I don't think it was that he was bad. He was marking a miss it was a mixed match for him. He was marking Owen Morton who had just had the Jets on him and Owen Morton got two or three balls. I was behind the goal, the David end and I was watching Morton on him and I was like, Morton, that's surely, Morton should be on Clifford, party Clifford. I was like, but there was one or two balls coming in when Gini um, nearly had a yard on Morton and Morton was getting ahead of him and at that stage I was saying to myself, his head is gone now. Gini has missed a couple of scores now. That's him gone out again. And, he, and he, he kicked two or three passes away needlessly at crucial times of the game. And there was a feeling of anxiety. Stephen O'Brien going on solar runs, losing the ball. Um, I think, I have to say, I think Potty's overrated. I think Potty solos a lot with his head down. I mean, you were saying earlier mm-hmm. about Kerry's movement and getting scores, and you felt that often it wasn't by design. I agree fully with that, because really what Kerry need, and Sean O'Shea is not this very talented point scorer, terrific free taker, those sorts of things, but not a playmaker. And the big problem that Kerry have for me, Dara Moynihan's another one, head down, solar on. The two splans come head, head down, solar on. I think one of the reasons that David Clifford's drifting so much and having to adapt and come out around the midfield and sweep back in is that he doesn't have a playmaker. He doesn't have a Nogi Moran or a Greg Blaney or a Kieran Cooper, Cooper was the same. Cooper used to drift out when he wasn't getting the ball coming in. He drift out. Morphy does it. All the big players do it where they're not getting enough ball. There's not enough. Dublin will do it to an extent because they've got so many runners of the, in their half-back line. And they just don't have... You mentioned really good names there. Connolly was a prime example. He would not fear kicking a ball in. Ooh, brilliant. You know? Whereas nowadays, um, if you go behind in a game, for some reasons, player play, players, specifically what I've seen with Dublin the last day, is they come, they win their shell and they, they carry the ball and they say, hold on, let's let's slow the play down, let's hand pass the ball up into, into the transition. And that's what kills teams. I think a team that can get to the stage where they read each other a, a step ahead of when it's going to happen, this game will change. So we talk about all the defensive style games. I think if you can get a team to say, say well, Philly's coming out with the ball, he's not even looking. He's just looking where the space is and there's a fella already gone into that space. You're a step ahead each time. And if you can get that connection, if you can get that connection piece 
think of it like a it's an invisible thread it's like a spider web if you know each other so well then those things can flow but the problem is when we have one or two players that carry the ball or one or two players that play within themselves because they miss kick a ball or make a mistake or just in bad form or something outside of football is affecting their mentality the whole flow of the game and the way it should be played starts to change I mean that the, your team 2015 to 2018 played football that I don't think anyone had ever seen before for those sorts of reasons it looked spontaneous it looked, and, and that's because like Eddie Brennan described with Cody why that great Kilkenny team were able to play the way they play he said because we had full license if we were, uh, we knew if we were going to go on a roll go on a roll go on it everybody go on it jump on it I mean I remember particularly you might not even remember it the day that Monaghan came down having ground Donegal out in the Ulster final. And everybody said, okay, Monaghan are now with Maliki O'Rourke, very rigorous, fully copying the Donegal style, the nightmares upon Dublin again. Jesus Christ of Almighty. I mean, they, I don't know if you remember this. I think Connolly got a goal after a few. I mean, it was a fucking slalom. Like it was just, shroom, shroom, shroom. I'd say we were delighted to see this because everybody said, look, this is going to kill defensive football. And, you know, that, that's something that we're not seeing because even the great Dublin team started then. I thought the, the classic day was the second half against Mayo last year. So like, oh, we're 10-3 up now, you know, we'll just hold possession. And it kills everything. Like, it's, it, it kills you completely. That's the worry with Kerry. They have a lot of solar runners around Clifford. Like, it is tiring if you have to keep running and moving and slipping. And, and also, I think he's got a bad ankle. He didn't look fully fit even towards the end. And you mentioned there that like <clears throat> he kind of, I suppose, towards the end, end of games. I don't think he, yeah, he felt like he was still kind of carrying something there, Joe. Um, just Philly, before we've only got a few minutes to go, like, so, like, what can you describe, like, what are these guys feeling this week? You know, you're pretty familiar with All-Ireland Final Week, you know. Is it hard to keep, you know, these podcasts, these distractions, everything out of the way for players um, on the few days out now from the All-Ireland? I'm sure they have somebody there to deal with all that to make sure it doesn't happen or make sure it gets done fairly early, the tickets, all of that sort of stuff. Um, I think the key thing for these two groups is to stay close to each other and to make sure that you're not being distracted by the noise and energy that comes in from the outside. Um, I was thinking of this question, Sinead, and, and I'll tell you why, because it's very hard for me to think back to where they are now because I've had, you know, uh, that that journey, you know, where I first started winning an All-Ireland in 2011, 2013 is probably where they're at. Um, so if I said right now what I'm feeling, it would be false because it'd be like, I've, as the time went on, it became a norm for me. Um, very lucky that, and, and, I, and I don't mean that in a cocky way, but it just happened naturally as it went on and I was so used to it and, had all the different plan around who was going to be sorting my tickets out and who was going to be doing this and who am I meeting up that week with for coffees. But I'd say the key thing for the how are they feeling? I'd say Galway have never experienced it. I'd say the only way they can deal with the anxiety around the whole build up is to talk about it, you know, at the start of the the, the week uh, or as soon as they know that they're going to be in a final. And 
so they'll get all the, the emotions that you you would normally think as a spectator. What do these players feel? They'll be excited. They'll be worried. They'll be nervous. They'll 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 just build that energy up nicely. And I think it's up to the management team of both of these squads to make sure that that energy is contained, like a horse. You know, you're you're in a race and on a horse, and you're holding the horse back a little bit, and then. You want to make sure that you have all that energy built up just on that day to let the let the reins go and to let that flow, so that you don't have any regrets on the day. The 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 thing about great success, great teams, great players, you know, great individuals in sport, you know, who I've met many of and discussed it with them, is this is the ordinariness of it. You know, if you're good enough and the group's good enough, you all know that very very quickly. You start winning because you're good enough. You've got a sensible manager who facilitates that. You know, we've grafted on a lot of things to it that, that, that are helpful, but only marginally helpful. I mean, you send a really good psychiatrist down to Leitrim, you know, you're not going to win, Sam. And, uh, and, and uh, I think that that's the big thing. You know, there's an ordinariness with, with great success. I mean, I remember saying to Oshie McConville, like, seven All-Ireland club titles. It's unbelievable. I said, and you're going again. He says, well, like, you know, what, what would I do on a Tuesday and Thursday night if I didn't go again? And, 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 you know, that's what struck me was the ordinariness of it. You know, it's like asking Tyson Fury, you know, how can anyone possibly be the heavyweight champion of the world? He used to say, well, I, I can just knock guys out. You know, and there is that, there is an ordinariness with great success. And we'll see, we'll see uh, on Sunday. I, I expect it now to be uh, fully unpredictable, really. And, uh, and, that's all. Uh, yeah. 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 I, I, I was going to say that I'll bet you any money, I'll bet you any money that Philly... I, I, I'll give you like one. a baby slept like a baby the night before big games am, <laughs> am I right do you know what I, there was one year Joe where um, um, I was living in Ballymun at the time I'm, I live just outside Ballymun now in Finglas just in, in Ashtown there and um, I was living in Ballymun and the kids were great when when I lived in an apartment there and they'd always come up the week of the game and they'd ask for autographs and all and uh, there was a group of girls right so I had an intercom and uh, Sarah, my wife, was uh, was there, and I was going to bed early, so I was in bed for about nine. And they rang the intercom. Can we get Philly's autograph? She said, "He'll do it tomorrow. He's in bed." And uh, and uh, they were like, "All right, Grant." But they came back again about ten minutes later, and they rang the bell again. Rang the bell, bit, and Sarah was like, "Listen, he'll do it tomorrow. No problem." And one of them shouted, ah, well then fuck off, <laughs> right? <laughs> so I went downstairs the next day and the group of girls were all there and they came over and they were like, can I have your autograph? And I said, now, which one was it that told me to F off? And they were all laughing and they pointed that at, at the girl and I says, you're not getting one. And were, I was just joking, saying, but I never went to, I, I, I trialed to go to bed at nine and then I said to myself, this was early in my career. And then I said to myself, that's not normal. So everything started to be normalized. You know, as you said, making an ordinary day or making it, you know, the same occasion to be the same. And there's one thing I want to say, right? The last thing for me is a great story that Bernard Dunn told me. He was over in America training. I think he said man, um, Freddie Roach, maybe he was training him. And then anyway, there was a there was a movie star, and he wanted to he heard about this Irish kid Bernard Dunn, and he said to 
um, he said to Freddie Roach, can I go in and spar him? And Freddie Roach went over to Byrne and says, like, this guy is, um, is a movie star and uh, he wants to spar, you heard about it. And he says, yeah, Byrne says, yeah, no problem. So we got into the ring with him and Byrne was tapping away and your man was throwing a few digs and the bell rang for the first round and he went into the corner and Freddie Roach said to him, what are you doing? And he said, uh, he says, look, can't really hit my heart. He's a movie star. He says, he expects to get all of you, not just somebody tipping you. He expects to get all of you. So give him that experience. And he went out and back to him in the second round, right? But the key point is... What a heartwarming story. Yeah. <laughs> the key point was that Bernard Dunn, after that, became a rootless fighter. No matter who he got in the ring with, nothing changed. And that's for me, if he's telling that story to the Galway lads, that's the one I'd be telling to them. No matter who you're playing against, go and do what you can possibly do. It's like old Mulligan's great story about Peter Canavan. Tyrone had maybe won two All-Irelands by this stage. No, they'd won one. And I think it was earlier on in the two, in 2005. I think maybe they got Fermanagh in at the last 16. And they really were mashing Fermanagh up. You know, Canavan at number 11. Peerless forward line. I mean, what a team. And, and they're absolutely mashing them up. With about two minutes to go, ball comes in, it's flicked out over the top, and there's Mulligan through, and Canavan coming in alongside him to palm it into the net. Mulligan takes a look, says, Foxy, he says, I want a wee bit of mercy on them. He says, and I fisted it over the bar, he says. And so we're in the changing room, we're walking in the changing room, we're sitting there, he said, I was having it, just the boys were a bit of a good, jovial atmosphere, we were heading for another quarter final. And he says, Canavan came over to me, and he says, what the fuck was that, he says. What the fuck was that? He says, what do you mean? He says, he says, and Calvin's a scary bastard. He says, Calvin says to me, don't ever fucking do that again in this fucking team. I'm fucking <laughs> the new mulligan. Do not fucking do that. Pass up a goal chance. And, and at that point, you know, that whenever you guys were 10 points ahead, well, then you'd go 25 points ahead, you know, and it was irrelevant who you were playing against because in a way you're playing against yourself. But Joe, that was the difference. That story's great for what happened to Dublin v Kerry because Kieran Kilkenny hand passed the ball over the bar. Uh, Paddy Small was one-on-one with, with, with Barry. Paddy Small, one-on-one with Jack Barry. He should be going by him and burying that in the top, in the top corner, you know, because he's got that explosive power. And that was the change I would have seen from the previous Dublin teams because we would have, in fairness, I have to put my hands up, we would have learned that from the good Kerry team over the years, that they were rootless that no matter what minute in the game, they are going for goals. They are going for the juggler. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the next Dublin manager. <laughs> Joe Brawley. <laughs> now, that'd be something, right, lads? Next because... nail manager. Who's <laughs> <Those> now? <laughs> well, lads, look, we could stay here all day, but come here, call it. Call it for Sunday. Carry by three. Joe. Yeah. Well... Don't leave us hanging. Kerry are, I suppose, rightly the favourites, but I would not be surprised to see them falter. I mean, my, my over-deepest feeling is that that Clifford is bound to win a senior All-Ireland sooner or later, but I appreciate that's a romantic notion. Uh, in terms of Kerry's confidence, they're going to be anxious, but he is a soother on the field. You can give him the ball and he'll do things regardless of what's been happening elsewhere. And he, and he can calm everything down. And I know that there's a lot of talk in Galway that in the Sigerson final, Sean Kelly marked him. He was double marked and he didn't score. 
But like there was a monsoon that night. I watched it on the telly. Like it was a monsoon. There's one due this weekend as well. What? There's a there's a tropical storm due this weekend as well, but you know Irish weather. Really? A tropical storm? There you go. Always Galway so. <laughs> go on, Joe, call us. Oh Galway so is it? Yeah. Uh, genuinely, I don't know. Why do you have to call it? Just, I genuinely don't know. I would not be surprised. I, I suppose it's more likely to see Clifford holding the Sam McGuire after the game. Hopefully so. What a soother on the field. Love that, Joe Brawley. Uh, Joe and Philly, thanks a million for that. Well, that's it for this week's Throwing with Philly McMahon. We'll have a special Throwing live right after the final whistle for all the post-match reaction from Crow Park on Sunday. So tune in then. Philly and Joe will be back on Monday. So we'll see if they got their predictions right. You can listen, rate and follow on Apple, Spotify or wherever you get your podcast from. And in the meantime, enjoy the final. This is an Irish independent podcast.